I'll get three hours and 19 minutes. But you never do. Oh, hell no. Everybody's always got a remedy. They've always got a plan. One of my buddies like, dude, you ever try warm milk? Yeah, that's great. I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> Tried it once. Uh, awake, bloaty, and gassy. Not so fun. That's, uh... I don't know the, the sleep. One of my buddies said, you ever try white noise? How anybody can sleep with Eminem playing in the background, I have no idea. It's like, uh, John Tesh, whatever you're, I don't know. It's just a... No, is he, I asked him, I go, dude, white noise? What the hell's that? He goes, you get a machine and it plays the sounds of nature. Which, yeah, it's very soothing. I actually got one. It, it plays three sounds. It plays the sound of uh, the ocean, a rainstorm, and a waterfall. Yeah. I'm sleeping better, but I pee the bed every night, so... Um... My fiance sleeps in a slicker. Um, she, she looks like the Gorton's Fisherman. It's very cute. It's, like, it's not even about sleep anymore. That's the thing. Do you, you party, ma'am? Do you tear it up? You tear it up? No? I stopped partying really, really, really hard. My friends would go, dude, come out with a step. We're going to do shots. I'm like, you know what? It's not even about the shots at this point in the night. At my age, it's about how late I stay up. It's Saturday. I stay up past two tonight. It's going to hurt till Thursday. I'll tell you that right now. I'm going to need a nap every day this week to make up for late night Saturday. God is love. Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. You are live with Let's Be Frank with Dave Frank. This week we have Jane Condon calling in. She's a comedian from out of Connecticut. And in the studio live we have 
Law Smith. Now, Law, you also have your own show here on Comedy yep. Slam Radio. Yep, right, be right behind y'all, or right in front of y'all. You used, right, to, right in you front used of to be behind me, now well, yeah. you're in front of me. It got too late to hang out in this building. This building's got some weird people hanging out downstairs. <laughs> there, there's like... It's the like the, it's night. like the extras of Breaking Bad are downstairs. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen. Like, am I gonna get crystal meth or am I gonna buy some high school kids some beer? I don't know. It's kind of <laughs> up in the air. And it's funny because they all, I think they all work at the telemarketing place on the first floor. Oh, is that what that is? I think so. Okay. Or the second floor. Did you see the sign coming into this place? There's like uh, pregnancy tests, mm -hmm. free pregnancy tests. So it's like we were trying to think about it. It's like. Is this like an abortion doctor that's trying to like, you know, get a loyalty program? Like, well, you came for the pregnancy test anyway. You might as well just get it done here. There you and go. If you can't afford the pregnancy, how much is a pregnancy test? I haven't had that scare in a couple of years. Uh, uh, I've never had it, but I think you could get one at like, like the dollar 10 store bucks? now. Yeah, it's, it can't be that much. So no. we were trying. We were mulling over the possibilities of why there would be free pregnancy tests. So I don't know. Uh, well, it's good that they have them, I guess. <laughs> yeah. God, you know. At least someone's giving them out, I guess. Yes, yeah. somebody's giving them out. Everybody needs free stuff. I'm Jewish. If it's free, it's for me. Right. It's kind of like the Jewish or the bachelor code. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah, that works for me, man. It's also the comedian code. Yeah. <laughs> Comedians tend not to be rich until you're super duper famous. Yeah, well, it's like uh, Mark Maron was saying in his uh, speech uh, for Just for Laughs, that, that 958 hotel waffle that sometimes <laughs> that can make your day that that waffle right before they close the continental breakfast you know that that's something comics just we all know about and you just you you wake up just to get that and then go back to sleep <laughs> and pass out for another thing because you really only got back to the hotel a couple right. hours before that. <laughs> right right you're partying all night you're like oh shit but i'm gonna eat and then go yeah. back to sleep let that take care absorb what's left in my stomach yeah now, you, unlike me, have a lot more experience touring. You've toured all around uh, doing comedy, where mm -hmm. I'm still establishing myself a little under two years. Right. Um, starting to move away from the open mic nights and getting mm -hmm. more uh, paid gigs and being asked to take part in charity events and stuff. Yeah. And now, with the radio show, there's been some more cool opportunities coming my way. So, well, you're already out there. The radio show is great. The, the, half the reason I wanted to do it, I, mine's a college football show. Uh, yours is more of just a one-on-one -on -one interview kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, All about comedians. Yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to do a funny college football show for mine. But the radio show, you, you'll be surprised how much you flush out when you need to fill the air. You know? It's not like being on stage because you can, you can flush it out. You're just talking to this mic right here. And it, the face is – it's not as – instant gratification right like on stage so you can kind of flush bigger ideas out you know it's it'll be a little bit more wordy and less less to the less to the punchline but i i don't think this is a bad vehicle for stand-ups to do that's why when this idea came up with comedy slam radio i thought oh that makes sense you know give another avenue for funny people to be funny you know yeah. um as far as uh I don't know. Have you found your your Have you found your voice like that? That's something I I still don't know if I have. You, you know, you can be jokey, jokey. You can you can write jokes like um, for late night shows, right? Mm -hmm. They're not part of you. They're part of 
the world or the society or news. Mm -hmm. But when you start writing about yourself or implanting yourself into a situation and a joke and a story, I mean, I feel that's like when you get your voice. Mm -hmm. I don't... Or your voice may be an amalgam of a lot of observational humor or something, like Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of it is him personally, but it's you can tell he, you know, he's very curious about a lot of things, mm-hmm. and it bugs him. It drives him nuts. It's same with like Gaffigan. Mm-hmm. You can tell he's uh, his motives are he likes to eat and be lazy, but he does it in a way where he's like, I'm la- I'm not lazy. I'm you know, he he doesn't directly say it. He just he lets it go in the material. Right. Where me, I, I kind of, when I first got on stage, it was all, first time was to test my testicular fortitude. Right. I've been on commission my whole life, uh-huh. and I felt stale, so I said, well, let me get up there and kind of, you know, jive myself or jog myself into doing something a little different, refreshing myself. Yeah. And I chose to get on stage and say stupid stuff. Uh-huh. So I started off talking about my job and some things I did. I work in the cell phone industry, and some of that stuff took off. And then I embraced the inner fat guy that was standing on stage and took on the name Fat Davey and started really talking about fat guy stuff and Mm -hmm. dating bigger girls and experiences. And you tone it down from there. And now I'm trying to, now that I feel comfortable enough with the audience, at the last show I did, which was at Finley's Irish Pub over in um, Largo, Uh I started to engage the audience, ask them questions, say, mm-hmm. hey, why don't you guys call out a topic, and let's see if I'm smart enough to come off the top of my head with it. Yeah. And it, you got to, I mean, it was 18 months before I ever did anything like that, but I finally feel more comfortable going out to the audience and almost rolling off, like I made up new jokes on the spot mm-hmm. because somebody talked about hot and spicy foods. I had to, you know, they called out the topic or yeah. it came up, and so I had to talk about it. Yeah. Luckily, I like it, and I came up with... Some good stuff. I talked about how I liked the food so hot that I wanted to burn my mouth. I wanted to burn my throat. I wanted to burn my belly. I want my toilet paper to catch fire yeah. when I wet my ass. Mm-hmm. So it went over great. Yeah, and on the spot that that'll go well. Yeah. Is it like a it's a bar setup kind of deal? Yeah, they hold uh, the max is uh, 120. Okay. The first show we had there was last month, and we had about 90, 95 people mm-hmm. for a first show. It mm-hmm. was myself, Maureen Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who was here last week or yep. two weeks ago? Okay. Kieran Quinn, um, John Mann, uh-huh. and James Bailey, who now is going to be co-hosting with Dave Hines on his show, Opening the Mic on Tuesdays. On this uh, station? Yeah, okay. on Comedy Slam. And Dave, next this coming 17th, all of us five and Dave Hines for the sixth one are going to do a comedy benefit to raise money for... There's children in St. Pete and all around the Tampa area mm-hmm. that don't even have enough money for basic school supplies, you know, binders, loose leaf paper, pens, pencils. So they're having a thing where if you come with a book bag or just something from the wish list for school supplies, uh-huh. the tickets will only be six bucks. If you don't, they're eight. Right. And if you wait till at the door, they'll be ten. Mm-hmm. But it's more about raising money and it's not about being profitable as a comedian. It's about doing something back and that's how it's, it feels good and it also helps you to get notarized more and the community is willing to work and do things mm-hmm. to help everybody out which is a big step in doing good things in comedy yeah I mean um, <clears throat> I love doing those kind of shows uh, I'm doing one on the 22nd in Tampa 
we did it last year. You know Robbie Slowick. Okay. Uh, he he moved to L.A. about a little over a year ago, but when he comes back in town for the holidays, he likes to throw a show and have all his friends come in. You know, and it, the cover goes straight to Metropolitan Ministry, something that, you know, in the Tampa Bay area is, um, you know, it, it'll give back to the less fortunate at a, <laughs> at a time when they feel probably at the lowest, you yeah, know. Yeah, in the holidays. Yeah, uh, when they feel like they can't give or they can't even receive, find access to receive mm-hmm. what they need. So. Uh, I love that charity uh, just locally. Um, I think it's it's great, and I've always been involved in it, you know, here and there since I was in high school. And just, uh, you know, for us, it's, I, you know, I don't care. If you're just working out material, right, then the cover, like doing the cover, might as well just go to charity. Let's get right. as many people in there and have a good time. And we'll work on material and try to have the best show we can because you don't want to embarrass the charity. Right. But uh, you know, let's let's get in there and let's you know have a good show. There's the the area we're in is so depleted of stage time that um, you know you really need to grab any opportunity to do any show. So yeah, that's kudos to you for doing that. Yeah, and it, it and it's funny and it's an obvious thing, but so much open mic experience is only so good because you can only try to make the same comedians laugh at the same joke you did for the last 17 weeks right so many times so when you get to actually get out there and do a show whether it's a paid $30 gig or mm. a charity event you're in 90 you're in front of 90 or 100 people that are really just there to laugh yeah and when, when you knock it dead it gives you a real good feeling about all that work you did getting to the point to start doing those gigs yeah you know kind of because it's hard you can't as much as you want to go, whether it's at Jack's Junk Food, Snappers, The Improv, or Side Splitters, you can't just walk in and say, hey, I'm Fat Davey, let me have a guest spot. Right. you got to go to each one of these individual clubs and establish a relationship with them. Just hang out. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> 90%, it's yeah. like Woody Allen's, just 90% is hanging out. Yeah. and that, Just being there, just being around it. Now, for me, that's <clears> rough <throat> because I still have a full-time job. Are you 100%? comedy no i'm a strategy uh, consultant okay so i uh i have a client that I, I work with every day and um i have a full-time job i mean i when i i lived in la for four years and uh i worked at a mutual fund company pulling long hours and you just you learn to adapt to it you know mm-hmm. sleeping four to six hours a night and just going around everywhere in la i could uh drinking a lot of coffee at work but you know it was worth it just to absor- just to be a sponge, you know, sit, right. sit in the back of the Melrose Improv or sit, you know, go to the comedy store and sit in that dungeon or you know just just see what what's really going on. You, I mean, a lot of people have an idea of some of these places, and then you hang out in there, and you're like, your perception could be totally all, you know totally changed. Right. And uh, I thought I would love the comedy store, and I just. I would go in there and kind of get like bummed out a little bit, just because it was such a it's such a boys club in there that you really have to like be in there for two or three years, and not only that, just really crush on stage right. to get kind of accepted. And it's just something I it kind of depressed me uh, walking in there. But the, I did find a bunch of other independent rooms around there. And you just you know I got a lot of uh, the jump from like open mic to you know doing little indie shows it was a lot of I got a lot of the bookings just because 
I wasn't a douchebag. Uh, I didn't. That's think, always good. Well, I you know <laughs> I would I would talk I wouldn't be a complete puss. You know I go say hey that was a great set. And you know sometimes you talk to sometimes so and sometimes you don't. Uh, and sometimes the conversation would lead down a road where. You know, he'd be like, oh, you're a comic. And I'd be like, yeah, uh, I'd love to get on the show anytime. And sometimes, you know, you get on that way mm-hmm. without even them seeing your material. Just the fact that you're not a douchebag comic can sometimes get you those kind of little right. little bookings in the beginning. So yeah. Treat everybody the way you want to be treated. Give people a little bit of respect, and it goes a long way. Always try to be cool to everybody. I mean, yeah. life's too short to really be an asshole. I, I get caught up in my own shit all, all the time, and people will think I'm being a dick, and I... I got you. Got to remind yourself, you know, like you, there, you like sometimes I'll just be very short with answers, and people think I'm being an asshole, and I don't think about it while I'm saying it, like yes or no answers. But right. uh, I, I have to take a step back sometimes and be like, look, man, whatever you're thinking isn't that fucking serious. Yeah, you know, don't be a douche. Be cool to everybody. So, like the lady Jane Condon, who's probably going to be calling in any minute now. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a very clean comedy she's a mom mm-hmm. uh she has a couple of kids and another guy who knows that she was calling in she's calling in on the wrong phone calling in on the on the celly with the eye of the tiger eye of the tiger baby you want to just fill time while you, you handle the phone call <laughs> you were live but let's be frank is this jane yeah hi david how are you and and hi law hey how you doing I mean, I, I don't recommend it to a lot of moms, that strategy. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, I think basically uh, you're right. But you have I, some I heard, unique I skills. I David, how you're in sales. I mean, what yes. would be a better background for doing this? You know, you're selling a joke in a nice way. Yeah, it, 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 it kind of gave me the confidence because when you're in my environment, when, no matter what the sales is, and I've sold a lot of different things in my day, when you're there coming to me, it's easier to talk to you and it's you establish rapport with people and it doesn't really matter because you're comfortable it's something I've done for so long so it was almost like a natural progression I was like if I could talk in front of five or ten people to sell a product why can't I do it in front of a hundred right also you're used to rejection which is uh, a, a wiser person than I once said about uh, stand-up success comes when it wants to all we control is the work Don't, don't let Nike hear about that. <laughs> Nike hears about that, they'll be coming after you. You tell them people just do it. <laughs> All right, I, I'll think about just perform it then. I, yeah, you're right. I better change it up. <laughs> Jane, where'd you, where'd you start out? I, I don't know. I, start, I started out here in Connecticut. I live in Greenwich, but I'm still a nice person. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I did that nursery school fundraiser and then went to Mm-hmm. But I had kids, so I couldn't be out every night. It took me a couple more years before I could get out every night. And 
just actually got back from doing Canyon Ranch, which is kind of, um, I don't know, it's a very, very incredibly nice spa in Western Mass. And I guess it's also in Tucson. And I was a little scared to do this joke, but I thought, oh, what the heck? I said, you know how everybody's been talking about, uh, we are the 99% this fall, we are the 99%. I said, I'm really happy to be here with the 1%. I, I think you're wonderful people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what, so they, they were actually, they were very cute, and they went with it. Like, you have to be careful, you know, where you do that joke, that's for sure. Yeah, now, weren't you talking, I saw on your Facebook, and a little bit on your Twitter, you were talking about uh, some politics, and how people got out of the politics before you got to pick on them, I guess. Oh, oh damn, Herman Cain, I'm sure you feel the same way, Lon. <laughs> you know, you get your little joke perfect, and then boom, they suspend their campaign. You know, have they no all I said about him was, you know, he's accused of sexual harassment, accused of uh, having a 13-year affair, and I will give him credit for sticking with one woman for 13 years. And, and he was married. you got to wonder, how did this guy ever have time to make pizza? <laughs> Very... You no, know, I love the joke. The guy, no guts. Anyway, you know, the comedians were rooting for him to stay in the race, I think, you know. I was waiting for the for the once you go black you never go back jokes just <laughs> to keep coming. I was already bracing for it. You know you're gonna hear that a bunch. Permit Kane was around. You guys are crazy. So Jane, I was talking with uh I had posted that you were gonna be calling in and a friend of yours from I don't know when the last time you spoke to him was, um I think he goes by the Meshuggah comic. Uh, who's that? I have a lot of... Uh, most comedians are Jewish, so... Who, I know, right? I um, I'm going to go in. I have him in my email. We were talking a little bit today. And when he told me he had made a comment, oh, how great of a guest you were going to be, I started to talk to him. His oh. name is Bill. Uh, I'm waiting Hello? for my... Oh, Bill Michaels? No, not, he's, he's not Jewish. No, I'll have it in just one. Yeah, Bill Michaels. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I, he, he is a wonderful, wonderful guy. Yeah, he was telling me uh, one of his first open mic experiences was with you and how you're a very, you know, you're very clean as far as comedy. And it was you and so him. Yeah. It was you and him and everybody was just foul-mouthed and crazy and you guys were just there like the two, I don't know, the two yeah. butterflies the amongst flower. the bees. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, I, the open mic scene, I think, is very rugged. I I always hope people, you know, it never hurts to get words out of your mouth. I always thought about it. Don't think so much about their reaction, because what you said, you know, was right, David, about the same 17 comedians have heard the joke 17 times, and, you know, and just, and then you try to out, they try to outgross each other, you know, and it's like, that's not how you're going to get on TV. Now, do you, uh, but on the other hand, you know, there's a niche for everybody. And if somebody wants to work terribly blue and they pick that and they run with that, then, you know, just go with it. You know, if you want to be a person who does roast and stuff, you know, you, you can be, uh, you know, more dirty and vulgar. If you, um, you know, if you want to do more TV, maybe less, less of that, better. Yeah, I was, uh, one time I went to, uh, the, there's a club down here by the name of Side Splitters. 
and the owner of the club had called in a lot of the local area comedics, uh, I'm sorry, comics, and said, hey, you know, you can work dirty or you can work clean, but when you work dirty, you cut out 50% of your opportunities or more right off the bat, especially when you're in the beginning. <laughs> you could say uh, if you you could say f bombs since this is internet radio. I know you, you're not big on the foul language, but if something yeah. falls out, it's okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, you know, I don't know if you've heard of Ann Mayer, Astilla and Mara. Um, they go way back. They were on Ed Sullivan. I'm sure is way too old for you guys, but they were on it like 30 times. It, they're they're Ben Stiller's parents, mm-hmm. and I ran into her this summer, and she said, Jane, you should really swear more in your act. <laughs> and so she was leaving she goes out into the parking lot and I said hey Anne and she looked over her shoulder and I said fuck you Anne <laughs> that took all my courage that's about as far as but it you know now I, I got well. I got to ask. I my best friend's a squeaky clean comic, and we always kind of get in arguments about it. I I prefer to go the dirty route because I'm a lazy writer. But <laughs> but um but that's what I find funny for the most part, and it really yeah. it it's really what makes me laugh. Here's my question though: He cusses and says dirty, foul things when I'm around, like boys' club. Is that what you're doing, like, do you, is it, are you cussing in real life, or are you, are you saying uh, dirty jokes, you know, at a dinner party, and then get on stage? Are you talking to me or to law? I, I I, this is law. Law is asking the question. Law is asking you if you, I guess, if when you're not on stage, are you a little oh, no, dirty, yeah, or are you exactly. clean all the time? I'm, 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 I'm mostly clean. So, huh. that's why I say, I think it comes out of your persona, you know, it's like, Probably a one F bomb, a show comedian, and I'm probably a one F bomb a day or a week person. So it just has to kind of match up with whatever your attitude is, don't you think? Yeah, no, I just I want I didn't know if there's um, a constant struggle between that because I don't know. Sometimes it just feels good to let out a, a you know a awesome cuss word like taint yeah, juice. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, but um, I find for me one is it, and you know when when they when they look at this little Irish face and they know I'm a mom, they don't really want to hear more. I think they, a lot of guys can get away with more, mm-hmm. and women with more attitude than I have. You know, just you know they're tough, um, and you know I'm a pretty tough. So it's just it's not going to match up if I swear. It's, I've become much less judgmental about it though. Well, and if you're somebody that naturally does swear, and yeah, you try not right. to, and you try not to do it on stage, it'll probably affect your performance. Just like if you're yeah, somebody who doesn't. Is that this is law again? Is that is that be still kind of the idea to to have the TV set? I'm just saying there's so many avenues now. Well, it's, it's 
controls, they can bleep you. But for the Leno, Letterman, Ferguson, Conan, I think you're still going to have to, um, you know, keep it pretty clean. Yeah, but I'm... You know, even, even the dirtiest comedians can pretty much get together five minutes. Yeah, when Chris Rock is on David Letterman, he's not out there causing them to hit the beeping button 12 times. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I was, uh, what I was going to say was, um, I just don't know, like, it used to be to get on Carson. That was the thing. That was the thing you wanted to do. You have to have that clean set. And now there's so many late night shows. Do you think that's kind of um, devalued? Yeah. So the swearing comic has a little bit better of a chance than he might have had 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. Now that there's more avenues with cable television and even starting off with internet radio shows and podcasts and ways to get yourself out there. you could... I think this is great what you're doing, David, with this radio show. It's going to get you a lot of attention. You know, it's, um, And I heard you both talking earlier about Max, Mark Marin's podcast. One uh-huh. of the things that having a podcast from his garage could finally launch him. Mm-hmm. And I greatly enjoy his podcast I, because they talk about process of the comedian. I hope he doesn't end up having too many TV people on because I really want to hear the comedians. <laughs> I was just thinking that. I, I had trouble getting through uh, the last couple just because I want to hear uh, – comics want to hear comics. We want to make sure that other people are, are as insane as we are. Yeah. Right. Um, it, there is that weird, like, uh, you know, when you like first meet a comic, you're going to do a weekend with, uh-huh. and like you are, you instantly know, like they've been on the road X amount of years. Like you can kind of tell by just <laughs> their face and their act. You're like, all right, they're road weary. Like, but you instantly connect with them because you empathize with how shitty the road can be. Um, and how much you miss whatever's back home. Uh, and, um, but I, I, yeah, I agree with you on like the, the psych 101 there, you know, most comics have crazy insecurities. Uh, most comics are pretty much thinking about themselves all the time. You know, like how does this, how does this situation affect me? You know, it's, it's such a, Their voice more quickly. Um, but I think then the writers 
That's good. That's internet radio. You can go off on a tangent and say, let's not talk about this anymore. I forgot. There are no rules. We're talking about the cosmic connection between just comics. It's our own ilk. It's like, you know, if uh, if society's... The, the movie I love is Heathers. You ever seen that movie? No, I've heard of it. Well, they talk, they talk about like high school is like a microcosm of society. Oh, and everybody that makes sense. They have their own little cliques. Everywhere, you know, stand up. We have our own ilk. This the people you've never met, and then you know they're a comic. You are you instantly know about fifty things about them. Exactly. Yes. No. That we've all been in the trenches. We've all. Um, when you were saying about your hosting, I mean that's a fabulous thing to do. Just you can never do too much of that. You can never do too much interacting with the audience. And I love how you were improving with them and getting jokes out of that. Thank you. Be in the moment and to be real. They can really sense when we're not. And, and what's what's yeah, good? It's, it's a great brotherhood. Just you know, everyone's done the sucky road trips, and everyone stayed in the comedy condo, and everyone has friends who don't speak to them anymore because they're tired of listening to your jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to get there now. They're like, James, are you going to talk to me, or are you going to tell me a joke? <laughs> Now, both yourself and Law have been kind of traveling the road and have a pretty significant more experience than me actually out there doing stand-up. Because I'm about 18, 19 months into the whole game and I'm really just starting to get out there and that not you know being notarized a little bit and being asked to do some shows and even some paid gigs. And it's the radio show has helped a lot with that. Law, how long have you been on the road now? Um, on the road, uh, not very long, like, uh, two years, two, 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 two three, three years. years, yeah. And, Jane, you've been doing I, it for I, a I number of years. I've come back, you know, I, my, my gigs are less clubs than, say, fundraisers and temples and country clubs. I just think every comedian, it's like you've got to make your own opportunity. To me, the clubs are not a perfect match because, it, at least in New York, it's, I mean, I've, I've passed it on them, but... Um, 
Yeah, I think the road life can be pretty stressful. I haven't even experienced it yet, so I gotta well, get myself healthy. Avoid it as long as you can, you know, just to, um, you know, make your own opportunities. You know, you well, just, uh, that's what I've really been doing with the radio show. Uh, you know, I started off with even more, you know, just getting more local people to call in and come into the studio. And then I spent a little time on Twitter and Facebook, and that's how I found people like yourself, Pete DeRugio, um, Law, who I met through here. And then just through calling people, um, I decided to, you know, up my testicular fortitude on who I was willing to call and ask to come into the show. So now I have uh, Bobby Slayton. I called, and he's going to be... Oh, my God, that's great. Yeah. Oh, he is one of the old-time greats. I remember seeing him when I was coming up. Oh, my yeah. God. And then he's, he's hilarious. Yeah. Old dog of comedy. Yeah. Yeah. He's calling in on the twenty sixth. Oh, and then fantastic. And then Jackie Mason is gonna be calling in on January second. Oh which my is, god. Can I tell you one quick story about Jackie Mason? You um, sure can. Energizer Bunny. Somebody's somebody set up a couple of double D's in that guy, and he's going to be going a long time. <laughs> now, have you ever worked with Jackie before? Or you just what? Have you just seen him? I just saw him live that one time on Broadway. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. This is Law again. If, uh, you can't, I, I don't know how you can't separate our voices because I sound like a, a whore from... I'm sorry, now I'm beginning to get it. I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I, my voice is all jacked up because I drink too much. But I, uh, I, I, had to, I opened for Jackie Mason at... Uh, wow. At, well, <laughs> let's reel this back a bit because uh, it couldn't have been more of an opposite comic for me to go up. And that, usually that's okay, you know? But then uh, I was 25 or 24 when I went up. I didn't see one person younger than probably 65. And that, oh, boy. Yeah. That's like the reverse of my club problem. It's like, what have you got in common? Yeah. Oh, it's hard. And I was trying to think of, like, oh, I had this grandpa material from, like, two years ago. I'm trying to, like, <laughs> procure that in my head, and I can't do it. And so I just plowed through with, like, you know, material that works for – college college kids and you know the the rowdy uh the rowdy call the comedy club crowd but it bombed at like you, <clears throat> you ever read steve martin's book and he talks about uh how jokes in stadiums just kind of 
fly up into the air when they don't work. They just kind of die <laughs> upwardly. That's how it felt. It felt like everything was spewing out of my mouth and just kind of verbally, like I could see it. Like, you know, cartoon stink lines. Like that's how it was going and then just went up into the sky and died. And then, and then he came out and rocked it. You world. fucking rocked it. He did it in, uh, did like an hour 40. Well, yeah, but he, I mean, he was like a machine gun. I couldn't believe it. He was just like, bam, like, joke, 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 joke. But, like, just never stopped. Like, didn't even give, uh, you know, didn't give the audience a time to breathe. Yeah. One of my guests a couple of weeks ago was Johnny Hobbs. Mm -hmm. And he said he had also done an opening for uh, Jackie Basin. And when he was done, he said Jackie goes an hour and a half, two hours. He don't stop to take a sip of water. No. Nothing. I mean, and... It was pretty incredible to watch. I mean, not... Not, not that I love his, uh, like, the, the jokes aren't my favorite, but you can appreciate yeah. the craft. You you know he's, like, just, he's got that down to a T, and that was amazing to watch. And what's yeah. amazing at his age is that he can remember the material. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, after battle, when they get over 70. Yeah. So that's you know, it. I've never opened for Joan Rivers, but I don't know if you've ever seen her live. Right. And just like an animal, you know, roaming the stage. And I tell you, these old people, they really, um, you know, they well, earned their time. Unlike Jackie <clears throat> Mason, or unlike Joan Rivers, Jackie Mason isn't held together with a bunch of plastic and <laughs> surgical procedures. Oh, is he really? Oh, I don't No, I'm saying I don't think he is. Joan Rivers oh, is. Oh, right. No, Joan. Yeah, no, Joan. Somebody's got to. She owns up to it, though. Oh, yeah. And her, I think her daughter's joining along for the ride. Maybe mm -hmm. she won't go down the road as bad. <laughs> yeah, that was a little... My, my manager, Urban Arthur, she used to be his secretary. This is way, 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 way back. And uh, she said when she started out, she started out doing Woody Allen's act. Nice. Uh, and, said, and he said, you can't do that. She said, oh, okay. That's very nice of her. She's so, Jane, we got about 15, 20 minutes left in the show. So I want to give you a couple minutes to talk about some upcoming gigs and stuff that you might have coming up. And oh, maybe I'm some of nice. your... Aren't you nice? Let me see. Um, I'm going back to... They're having me back at Canyon Ranch in another two weeks. So, uh, you know, that'll be fun. Um, I don't have a New Year's <laughs> Did you should have told him a cigar joke. <laughs>
Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like never, never take it personally with them. Um, when, when are we going to get you down in Florida? That's got to be assisted living haven for you. Oh, I would love to come down to Florida. Yeah, I, I, I speak their language. You know, I've had my kids. Um, uh, and luckily for you, you didn't raise down. your kids in Florida. <laughs> Well, I have your schedule. Yeah, I Sometimes I find that... It's kind of like a pick-up baseball game, you know? Like, you know <laughs> there are many different... I really like the fundraisers, though. You know, the breast cancer and uh, mental illness. I try to help out with mental illness. Um, well, speaking of the well, breast I, cancer, I, Law. Uh, speaking of the breast cancer, Law last year did a tour around the country, right? Yeah. He did a... What with, was the name of the tour? Uh, the Pink Ribbon Comedy Tour. And um, it was for. Uh, oh, that's great! Law, oh, Law. If you ever need another comedian, I remember when one of the girl comedians in New York got breast cancer, Marion Groden. She's Charles Groden's daughter. She's hilarious. She mm-hmm. works a lot of Gotham. And when Marion got breast cancer, instead of any of us saying, "Oh, Marion, that's so awful," we all said, "Mary, Mary, God damn it, you're going to get all the breast cancer fundraising." <laughs> <laughs> you got all those bookings. Yeah, you can only do that to a fellow comedian. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I mean, it's it, that's the ilk. That's the the brother sisterhood of of it's comedy. Totally, it's a, it's the best brotherhood it, in the world. And thanks for letting in the sisters. It's like your extended that's high school family. Yeah. Everything around the country. I just I just love them to death. You know, they're they're great and they raise a lot of money. And uh, I feel like maybe we're beginning to make a difference with the disease. Yeah. Uh, they're they're. Getting pretty close. They they think they have a cure right now. Once I became involved with this, I kind of went full bore. Uh, even after, and um, I, I read something recently that they're thinking they're pretty close to a cure uh, that's tried out in rats. Uh, you know, in very very early stages. Oh, that's right. They're doing something about the stem cells injecting. Right. I, I I thought it was England, but I I don't know. It might be Minneapolis. Well, I was watching one of the interviews from when Law you did your tour. You guys had a little news spot because during the tour, during the time while you were out during the tour, and it was uh, what was it breast or the best laughter or whatever it was called. Our tagline was uh, "Laughter is the breast medicine." Laughter is the oh, breast medicine. Great. Who thought about it? I like that. One of the guys on tour. We made T-shirts. That was the T-shirt of the tour. You know, yeah. that was our. Our slogan on the bus, we had it. Uh, it was painted on the bus and everything. We had one of my friends That's who's so a, a, a model in LA, and we had her hold a sign up. Uh, you know, it looked like she was naked, and it got a lot of attraction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on the, a but, lot of twelve-year-old boys loved us on the One of the comics, <laughs> while that was going on, I watched in the interview. One of the comics, and you'll know obviously you'll know his name. Okay. His mother was diagnosed with breast cancer while they were on the breast cancer tour. It actually happened. Uh, it's a crazy story. We, the four guys uh, in that tour, we did uh, a, like a small college tour. We just wanted to get on the road in '09, and we all quit our jobs and did any gig we could do for seven weeks. Then we had the idea to do it uh, with a charity, and we all, for some reason, all of us, we all of us love the women in our lives, and that Komen was the first on our, our list. We thought we could do this. And we could give back. We could do stand up, put yeah. a great show on, and give back uh, to someone. And well, so, that's wonderful. so 
Kevin's mom is sitting in the waiting room, kind of doing the mom brag, you know, uh, to another to another lady in the waiting room <laughs> while she's about to go to the doctor. And she says, yeah, my son's about to do this. He's setting up this tour with Komen for the Cure. And uh, and the lady she was speaking to was worked for the Komen affiliate in Seattle. She wow. she recommended her to get a, a mammogram right there. And it turns out she had breast cancer for like, it was three months deep. And oh my God, you guys saved her. That's like just, the story. Yeah, just talking about it. It wasn't even a, a tour yet. We were just thinking about the wow. idea and her doing the mom brag to, to another mom in in the waiting I love room. I your expression, the mom brag. May I steal that? I think that's Go for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mom brag. My mom, will, my mom will try and take credit for it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just the idea of it s- s- may have saved her life. And that she that became the official... Uh, that that was the uh, the catalyst to really get it going. That was. Well, if you four guys are doing laughter at the breast medicine, I got to get together with three women and do the prostate cancer tour. Right, yes. the the up your ass tour. <laughs> <laughs> no, wow. we we've we've heard we've heard a lot. Why don't you do the you know, why don't you do the urethra tour or something like that? We've got. Yeah, I think it's really wonderful. I mean, to have four guys doing a breast cancer tour. That's really super cool. I bet you got good. Um, we just did as much local TV. We're no namers, so we just we we hit. We were I was on a computer all the time, just trying to get us on TV and uh, on the radio and in newspaper locally. Uh, I, I I do a little tour called Moms Let Loose, and uh, with two other women comedians, and I think it's really cool. Like the Or like yours, you'd be in the art and leisure section. This town was so small, we were on the front page. <laughs> right. Nice. <laughs> there was not a lot going on in Tecumseh, I guess. But they were, I love doing these, you know, theaters in the middle of nowhere sort of thing. Yeah, I mean... Because they're grateful, when, and they will go to comedy when you bring it to them. Like, they won't drive to Detroit, or... My favorite leg of the tour was in uh, Texarkana, Texas. They don't have a comedy club. We did it in a bar that, one of the few bars in town, and yeah. we were like the cat's meow of the weekend. Like, people thought it was the best thing they ever seen, and they never get the, they never get stand-up there unless it's like yeah. a huge name in the, I think it was the Perot Theater there, but... Uh, you know, they wanted us to party with them. It was Super Bowl weekend, so we hung out, and they they were loving it. And I'd rather be a big fish in a small pond. I'm I'm totally fine yeah. with that. And we raised yeah. more money there than most of the cities. There you go. And, so. and the other thing, David, I just wanted to say, you know, apropos of starting out, is like as much as you can, try not to think about the money. Like, um, I got less than I usually got to do this Canyon Ranch. But I know I'll get work out of it. So right. I call this sometimes sowing seeds. And so many people took my card. And, you know, I just put out into the universe. And I do a lot of fundraisers. And, um, you know, I know it'll come back to me. Sometimes you have to just, you know, invest yeah. in yourself. Luckily, I'm blessed with the fact that I have a 
a regular job where I make yeah. some pretty good money. And although it's a benefit where I don't have to worry about getting paid gigs and all that to get my name out there, yeah. it's a drawback where I don't always have the time to get out and get my face out there as much as I'd like. So that's where this radio show and me calling around yeah. to comics and PR people. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, it's Especially great. when you've been yeah, on. You're actually, when you think of it, out in the real world and collecting real world experiences, as opposed to the comedian who's sitting home or himself or herself looking at himself or herself. Do you know what I mean? It gets you out right. there, and I just think, I mean, I'm going to drop my million cell phone jokes, and Verizon's going to stay in business. You know, so you're all good. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and that's where you get your material from, is all the derelicts in life that you walk by and deal with every day. You know, whether it's at your work or just all the wonderful people that shop at Walmart, which are entertaining for every comedian. I think everybody's got a Walmart joke. Yeah. <laughs> whether it's a good one or a bad one. But, uh, you know, you can only, you can walk five feet into a Walmart and get a great story. Just and from... I hope you Yeah, I For take... many years I wrote my stuff out, you probably don't make that mistake, and then, you know, now I just say it, like, three times on stage, and, you know, eventually I'll write it down, but I just say it out loud, and I love my iPhone, I just, I do voice memo, and you don't want to hear it played back to me when I'm just rehearsing, I can tell where the extra words are, where yeah. I drop the words and get a little tighter, I can be a little wordy. Yeah, I use um, on my Android phone, I use the voice recording thing. Yep. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier. Well, listen, Jane, we're going to start to wrap the show up. I really want to so thank nice you a lot. Thank you, David and Law. You know, what a pleasure. Yeah, if and we get up your way, I'll I'll see what I can do. Uh, if we're doing, we're I'm trying. I'm working on another tour, but you know, we got. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. Well, if you need a mom or a Connecticut person or a, I'm semi well adjusted too. I I traveled with one comedian once who was drinking tequila for lunch. So nice. I'm not that you went with my dad? I will stop the car to get Diet Coke about every hour, but other than that, I'm very well adjusted. Well, I tell you, I'm, I'm originally from up in the Orange County, uh, Middletown, New York area. So oh, okay. I, so okay. I, still, I still go up there once or twice a year. Maybe one well, of these... How did, how did you figure out to beat the system? Uh, to go? Florida has such nice weather. I keep, my sister lives down there. I'm like, what am I doing up here? I'm, I'm like the reverse of... I'm the reverse of every other Jew that's been out there. All, <laughs> all Jews retire in Florida. I came to Florida trying to make money, which everybody in my family was like, what the F is the matter with you? But uh, so far it's working out. Yeah. It was 80 well, degrees today. Ain't no, too bad. Nobody could tell how, how old I really am, and that's because I'm a fat guy. And the advantage of being a fat guy or a fat girl is... You just eat a couple extra cheeseburgers and you gain that extra layer of fat. It pushes out the wrinkles. Nobody oh, could tell. There you well, go. That's how you stay looking young. Yeah, uh -huh. I mean, look at Sandy. What's he like, 15,000 years old and he's still out there for a whole night? Turn a negative into a positive. There Boom. you go. <laughs> so instead of plastic surgery, I should eat cheeseburgers. Okay. You Definitely. Like every show. The double cheeseburgers for a bucket McDonald's are the good ones. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Jane, thank you very much for calling in. We enjoyed oh, having you on. Great to meet you both, and, and, and lucky Florida to have both of you. Thank you. And, okay, uh, catch you later. All right, have a great night. Bye. Thanks. Bye. All right, bye-bye.
Well, I'm glad my battery didn't go dead on my 4G phone when I was doing yeah, that. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, that, I, I kept checking it, but uh, I guess I must have sent her the wrong phone number to call on. We got about four minutes left, I guess. Yeah, so we got a few minutes left. What do you have upcoming? Um, right now, all I can really say is that I'm going to be hosting for Burt Kreischer at the Improv in Tampa. Okay. When's uh, that? New Year's Eve week, which should be fun. That guy yeah. that guy has got a million awesome stories and he's A list comic and like just the nicest guy you'll ever meet. That's one guy you should come up and watch that. And All just right. just watch him uh, do crowd work and that me watching him do it was like, Wow, I'm not even near not even near close to like where I wanna be. Right. He's amazing with it and he's from here. That's cool. From here, uh, I think the movie Van Wilder's based on him. Uh, Oliver Stone bought the rights to his life. I mean, that guy is the guy is through and through, like just an awesome comic and just a good dude. But uh, that's the only one I can publicize, I think, right uh-huh. now. Well, what? Let's just give you the typical question that every right. comic gets asked: What the hell made you decide to want to do comedy? What were you doing? Because you said you. You were in the markets and stuff and with finance, and then all of a sudden you're doing comedy. I started when I was 19. The first time I did stand-up was at the Tampa Improv in okay. Ybor City. And uh, and how old are you now? I'm 27. Okay. And uh, I I did it on a dare with uh, one of my best friends. He was a funny guy. I was a funny guy. He's older than me. He was actually my Young Life uh, leader. You know what Young Life is? It's uh, like, um, kinda like high school youth group. Okay. Kind of like that. I used to be involved in that, and uh, he was my counselor, leader, whatever, and uh, both of us were really funny, and we dared each other to do the open mic, and we both just crushed the first time we did it, and you caught the bug from there. There you go. Uh, You know, went to college at Auburn where there's no stand-up anywhere, so once I got out of there, I went to L.A. and just really hit the pavement. All right. So and yeah. then, and you spent four years out in L.A. You said right? Uh, yeah, a little over four. I go back a lot, uh, mainly for uh, consulting business. But you know, I go out there and just—it's still part of my life. I you know, I like L.A. I don't love it. Yeah, I miss uh, I miss the rooms out there. I miss the friends I have. But you know, I gained a lot, and I was getting to the point where doing ten minute sets all the time it was hitting its peak and I wanted to come back uh, to my hometown and get on the road and open open for people so that's I want to get better you want to get better by opening and uh, at this point you know doing feature sets is gonna it's getting my set a lot tighter getting all my all the jokes a lot tighter so well you kind of got the best of both worlds because you went out there and you traveled and you did it and you were successful at it, and then you decided I'm going to take a take a little bit of time, and then kind of refocus on perfecting it. Where other people think I'm going to go out there and just knock I, it dead, and I'm going to be a millionaire from well, comedy. Right. A lot away. of people go with the aspect of TV and film, like that's the avenue. Comedy's going to get me to that. My thing is, I don't give a shit about any of that. I want to be good at being a stand-up. If I'm an opening comic, you know, the rest of my life. I think I'd be pretty happy. I'd have to do something during the day. Right. But I think I actually like having something to do when I'm in a shitty motel room 
it keeps my mind off of going crazy. I've been in the motel room where you're doing a you know five day week weekend gig and you're you're freaking out because you don't know anybody in the city and you don't have anything to do. But when I have a job, you know, I can sit on a computer and just knock a bunch of shit out and look like an all star. There you go. So next week, next Monday, you have your show again, right? Right. And you're going to be talking about. You got you know the games you're going to be talking about next week. Uh, well, the Heisman will be happening on Saturday, and then uh, the next games will be the bowl games. So we'll probably do the the confidence pick 'em. You ever done one of those? You ever done like March Madness? No. Where you pick out the teams? Okay. Big sports fan? All right. No, not at all. <laughs> um, you know what's funny? I used to work at Sears, and they gave me the March Madness tickets, and I didn't even know. I gave them to a friend of mine. I had no clue how big of a deal it was. Wow. I'm a good Jewish boy from New York. I wanted to go out for the football team. My Jewish said, guys like basketball? Yeah, she said go play golf. Uh, golf's had, a good game. I had no clue at the time. You know, I'm an old man. I'm almost 40, so. Whatever. Yeah, you're just starting your career, man. You're just, I am you're in just comedy, good. that's for sure. Whatever. It's just a number, man. As long, yeah. as, you're feeling, as, long as you're feeling fired up. The, and the, I do. The thing. So uh, next week we're going to have uh, John... Boyd in the studio, mm -hmm. and we're going to have another special. I don't like to always let people know who's going to call in. I make them follow me on Twitter and Facebook so they can find out. But we got some more exciting guests calling in next week. Um, I want to thank you for taking some time out to come in after your show. This went by so fast. I was, yeah, uh, this is great, man. Yeah. I'll come on anytime. All right, don't say that because I could hold you up. I, That's fine. I don't I'll have talk to let you out because you're on right right before me. I don't give a shit. I'll talk comedy. <laughs> I, I can talk comedy for hours and hours. Like, I just. I think if we do that, Tiffany will karate chop or jujitsu chop both of us because she likes to go home between 10.30 and 10.30. She is a great program director <laughs> and great human and sitting behind me and can kill me. Yes. Yes. Uh -huh. Did you? Did we say Tiffany Barbie enough yet today? Tiffany Barbie, Tiffany Barbie, uh -huh. Tiffany Barbie. I got my three. Did you say your three during your show? No. Oh. <laughs> That's why she doesn't sit in the room. <laughs> She's like, that bastard ain't going to say my name. I no, her and Jeff are making out over there. You think so? Yeah. He's like a religious make guy. Out Does he make out in public? You can make out. Be religious is fine. Tebow makes out. It's okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Thank you, everybody out there in the world of comedy slam radio. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, is that Coors Light warm yet? Um, no. A little bit. I'm about done. You're about done. Yeah. It's, per it's, it's at the perfect state. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Listen, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Tune in to see my show, Let's Be Frank with Dave Frank, at 9.30 next Monday. And at 8.30, you're going to tune in to see... Triple Option Podcast. With Law and the Boys. And we'll speak to you next week. Stay funny. And now, for a very special... And I'm getting really sick of guys named Todd. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's just a goofy... It's a goofy fucking name, okay? Hi, what's your name? Todd. I'm Todd. And this is Blake and Blair and Blaine and Brent. Where are all these goofy fucking boys' names coming from? Taylor, Tyler, Jordan, Flynn. These are not real names. You want to hear a real name? Eddie. Eddie is a real name. Whatever happened to Eddie? He was here a minute ago. Joey and Jackie and Johnny and Phil, Bobby and Tommy and Danny and Bill. What happened? Todd <laughs> and Cody and Dylan and Cameron and Tucker. <laughs> Hi, Tucker. I'm Todd. Hi, Todd. I'm Tucker. 
fuck Tucker, Tucker sucks. And fuck Tucker's friend, Kyle. There's another soft name for a boy, Kyle. Soft names make soft people. I'll bet you anything that 10 times out of 10, Nicky, Vinny, and Tony will beat the shit out of Todd, Kyle, and Tucker. Thank you very much.